Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. Obviously we're looking for you to support. We want you to join us by clicking the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. It's at the top of the podcast that you're listening to right now and it helps us keep these conversations going. We have no ads, we have no sponsors, we rely entirely on you dear listeners. And there's lots of goodies that come attached with that. In the last 24 hours alone, we put out a great conversation with the Sunday Business Post, Killian Woods, the senior reporter who has done probably some of the best coverage on housing of any journalist of the last maybe four or five years. And our good friend Sam McElwain, the co-host of Shrapnel, uh, joined us to, to talk about the reception Joe Biden received in Belfast yesterday and how people feel about what we're calling the $6 billion question. That's also available right now on patreon.com forward slash tortoise Members get the podcast as quickly as I can turn them around, all in one consolidated feed, so you never miss an episode, and they're entirely plea-free. You don't have to listen to me beg. Surely that's worth the price of a tea and scone once a month. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the pod. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. And I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by a young person who has emigrated to Australia. And I put out a call there on Twitter recently, just uh, on social media, seeing where was any young people who had emigrated because of the housing crisis to see if they'd be interested in telling their story. Um, and one very young, handsome man contacted me, uh, Dara McGarrett, uh, who is in Melbourne, and he's joined me um, very kindly. It is nine o'clock in Melbourne, um, and it is not nine o'clock in the nine o'clock in the evening in Melbourne. It is uh, the morning time here in Ireland. But listen, Dara, uh, Dara is a, is a primary school teacher. Um, and is also a life coach as well, and has some really interesting uh, reflections and thoughts. And um, so, um, yeah, Faltero, Dara. Listen, that's my Irish. Uh, I'll try and throw in a few more words. You said make an effort, so I'll try and make <laughs> That's a big all that effort. matters. That's what's important. As long as, some, as long as people make an effort, that's all that matters. Exactly, exactly. Um the uh what I was going to say to you was the I suppose in terms of starting off you you know in terms of housing and the issue of housing um how much was that a factor in you deciding to emigrate a big factor um to be completely honest it, like I always wanted to travel but just the way things were going I always wanted to travel but the way things were going I kind of had to leave mm. in the sense that uh, like the options were fairly, in my head, they were fairly clear at the mo- at my head and in my friends and the way we spoke and stuff. Um, there was really two, it was really two options. Like Dublin was brilliant and we had a great time. We were there for, I was there for two years and my friends were there for three years maybe. And, but like we weren't like, you know, not that we're planning in the next 10 years, but we weren't saving a dime. Like everything that we were making was being spent on rent and then the cost of living blew up in the last I suppose in the last year, my second year when we were there, it's fuel. And I, I live in Galway and going home on the weekend, like you'd be filling your car, maybe like 140 to fill it. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be empty again by Monday morning. If you went home on Friday evening, it'd be kind of, you know, going empty again by Monday morning. It was, it wasn't really sustainable. So, you know, the option was then either like we all 
and we're all in the same mindset. We all are from the West Coast, from Mayo and Galway, was in the house and kind of like we were talking. The option we had was either, you know, move home with our parents, and you know, because Dublin, it wasn't like it wasn't. Dublin was great, but for the money that we were making and for what we were spending, it wasn't worth it. So, like, you're actually making you're saving more money over here in Melbourne, and you have the sun and everything. Um, so that was option number two to immigrate and leave. Uh, the option two was to live with your parents, and none of us really wanted to do that. Uh, I did it for about four months uh, before I left for Australia just to save up, and it's fine. Like, I obviously love my parents and stuff, and I loved it. But like long term, like I don't think it's healthy for anyone in their mid twenties to be living at home with their parents full time. Like, and I don't think anybody wants. I don't think people. I don't think people really want to do it. Generally speaking. Like all my friends didn't really want to do it, but they kind of felt they had to do it. This um, was emigrate, you mean? I'm saying live with live with their parents. Oh, living with their time. parents, moving back with the parents, say, yeah. Yeah, to save up to immigrate. Because literally you come like it wasn't like, you know, when I say we we didn't like we didn't make anything, we literally didn't make like we didn't have even a couple of grand, like really most of us. We had to go home and live with our parents for two or three months to make you know, five or six thousand to move to Australia because that's what you kind of need before yeah. you move over to yeah. join your job to move to any country. You need a couple of grand to move yeah. over. Yeah, and and it's it strikes me that you know you're you were working as a primary teacher in Dublin. Is yeah. that what you were you were doing? Yeah, yeah. In a school, so you're working in what would be considered a very good job. You know, yeah. a vital job, yeah. and. You couldn't make enough to save anything. Yeah, well, like I, like I, I could have saved if I wanted to put my life like to stop going on like you know a couple of maybe weekends away a year or stop going out or stop yeah. buying stuff. Like if yeah. you wanted to live like that, you could save. But like as you said, a teacher is supposed to be like historically. I know, like okay. 50 years ago had a huge update with the guards and the doctors but I know it's not that way now which is rightly so like you know it's it's good that it's not going to help up in that scene either like you know people have to there's obviously a lot more important job than just guards teachers and doctors but you, you'd imagine that you wouldn't have to be like the, the way it was like it was literally that like, we were looking for houses and stuff in Dublin I remember looking for houses and like a lot of them had to be blacklisted because the rent was too high and like or they'd be like in Kildare like a lot of friends lived in Kildare or meat and we're teaching in Dublin. Yeah. Because the rent is obviously cheaper in those counties. And even finding a house in Dublin was manic because like forget about the city centre, like forget about the south side, like the the like the nice south side. It wasn't like it was impossible. Like we lived in Lucan, which is on the Kildare border, like and we were still in Dublin technically, but still we found it very difficult to get a house in Lucan. And we were very, very lucky to get a house in Lucan. And um yeah, as you said, you think teachers like would be kind of like we did four years of university, and it was a it was a tough it was a tough degree. I found tough to qualify, to be honest, and then qualify. I love my job. I really did like the school and the school were a one lovely, and uh, you know the staff were lovely and everything. I liked the kids and everything, but just like and the principal totally understood. That was the thing I thought. Like when it was two of us in the school that had to leave, like or like left, and I thought the principal would be kind of, but she totally understood. And she could see it from from the ground that like she could see what was coming. And this year, as it happened, the same school, there's a full time post that wasn't filled. Um, there's I think one part time. There's two posts that weren't filled because they couldn't find anybody. And historically, well, Rory, like teachers are 
from actually rural Ireland. Historically, most of them, like most of the people in my year in college were from rural areas, like maybe yeah. not, like it's historically the way it is. So your teachers have to move to Dublin. And most of, I'd say, most of the teaching jobs are in Dublin because obviously the majority of the population are there, the majority of the kids are there. So it was a recipe for disaster. And you know, I've seen it on the news this year. And I won't be surprised. I think next year it's going to really hit extremely hard. But this year there was principals coming on the news and coming on radio stations and newspapers in like late August saying that kids would actually have to be, might have to be, there's a possibility that they'd have to be actually sent home on the first week because they couldn't get teachers to fill the classes. And yeah. it, I don't think that, that that happened actually, but what's happening is they're getting resource teachers and special ed teachers to fill those classes, to fill the mainstream classes. But then the children needing the resource hours, the children needing the special education hours aren't getting those hours. Yes. Their hours course, are now delegated because, to the mainstream, school, mainstream yeah, class. Yeah. So then they're losing out for the yeah. need to cover the classes. Exactly. The students, the students who need it most, those additional exactly. supports. Yeah. 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 No, I, it was in the, the news and uh, covered quite a bit um, and highlighted. Um, and I remember in the run up to the Raise the Roof demonstration in November, the INTO, um, the primary school teachers union came out quite strongly on that. And were saying that, you know, they were backing the protest because of that, that they were being notified um, by schools in that situation where they literally couldn't fill posts. and as you say, having to put, um, you know, support teachers into, you know, minding full mainstream classes and the issue of school posts not going filled. And we're at a point where literally, as you say, um, our schools might have to close because teachers can't afford to live in Dublin. 100%. And that's going, I think that's when it's going to really become really, really, it's going to hit hard then. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's it was very close to happening this year, extremely close. But next year, I think, like, and see, the thing is, it's obviously not going to affect like my sister's in Dublin teaching, actually in the same school I was in. Yeah, and she's even saying she's even like she's even questioning kind of, and even her friends are they don't know yeah what they're going to do. It's early days, but they're even seeing us leave and they're seeing kind of what they're living now, what they're doing now, and they they love Dublin as well, but they realize Jesus for what they're paying and what they're spending and the cost of living, they're not really like, like if anything, if a big event comes up, like big event, like maybe a Christmas time comes up or their graduation or they have a wedding, but they're like, and they're all in the same boat, these teachers out for the first year who've done four years of university now, like, you know, and in a tough course, like, you know, and like a graduation comes up or Christmas or birthday parties or there might be one month where it might be three events and they're literally thinking, Jesus, will I make the rent? You know, because the cost of living is so high, the rent's so high, everything is just it's, it's coming against them now yeah and they're obviously seeing us leave my generation which you know people in their mid to late 20s leave and they're saying jesus like it looks like they're having good fun it looks like they're enjoying themselves what are we doing here like kind of thing is it worth staying and they're questioning themselves as well so, and it's going to be not going to affect you and then you're going to lose more teachers that way and less teachers are going to move to dublin and there's more population in dublin is growing so it's all going to come together. It's very close. It was very close to happening this September, but I think next September is going to, it's going to happen where classes will be sent home and it will be a number of classes. I think that could be wrong now, but they might change something, but they will need to change something if they want to avoid that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. And just before, you know, ask you if you do any thoughts on what do you think should be done? Obviously, I do a lot around um, what could be done on housing, but in terms of the teachers yeah. and what I know, I've heard proposals 
uh, about a teaching allowance, a Dublin teaching allowance, whether that might yeah. have an impact or whether that's needed. Yeah, I heard the Labour TD Avon O'Reilly on come out with that. And it's look, it would be and to be fair, we got a rent allowance this year. Anybody who has rented a rented accommodation in the past year got a five year five hundred euro rebate or something in September. So I'm not sure, but like they will have to do something. See, it's it's harder than like the thing I see in the Dublin allowance. But there are people in Kildare like Mace, Selbridge, um Yeah, who are basically Ashburn. paying Dublin rents. Exactly. And yeah. they're meat players, so they taking up fuss. And then we you have to do we have to do Dublin, Wicklow, Mead, Kildare schools. And then loud will be loud will be saying, sure, we're on the border as well. You yeah. know, so where do you I'm not sure, I'm not sure what could be done. Um, well, I think it probably needs to be done linked to rents. Like, you know, the the, yeah. the rent levels you could do it, you know, in terms of we have the the average rent per per county, you could look at where there is, you know, higher rents um and link it. Like it seems to me there's some, you know, emergency response needed if if literally, as you say, and on that, like, you know, we hear, you know, we don't have figures yet from the CSO, but from what I'm hearing anecdotally and seeing on social media, there is a massive uh, emigration wave going on of young people in their mid-20s, late-20s. Is that your sense? Yes, 100%. And I, in the schools of modern now in Australia, they're all kind of, it's a bit of a running joke. They're kind of like saying, "Oh, well, it's like it's a big joke." Oh, you're Irish, of course you're Irish. Ha ha ha! Your teacher, ha ha! Of course you're teacher. So I could have guessed you live in Saint Kilda. Ha ha! Everyone lives in Saint Kilda. Kind of like, you know, it, it shouldn't be that obvious. Do you know? Uh, like yeah. Even got it today. We're like, they're like, "Oh, geez, what's the story with all the Irish coming over?" I was kind of explaining to them, "Look, look, Irish Ireland at the moment now isn't a great place to live in your mid twenties, late twenties. They're kind of, I don't know, it's not a great place to live overall. Things are just tough to get by, like the quality of life and stuff." And pain they're kind of okay okay they're kind of understanding it because i think they all thought we we're coming here for one big holiday yeah and so, well we're we're going to we're going to try and enjoy it like we will do to it anything but like it's no coincidence that this wave is coming at the same time you know yeah. almost like someone said let's all go to australia let's all go to melbourne let's all go to sydney it's because essentially we don't like if i wouldn't have any hope in it why why would i stay there like why would i stay in dublin like i'd love to stay in dublin but i'd be there just going by the skin of my teeth my quality of life is probably better in a place like this with the weather and everything. And, you know, you're living, like I'm living like by the coast in the city here, like, and I've been the same right I was in Dublin. Okay. And I have a beach like five, 15 minutes away. The weather's lovely. Um, I'm not, no, I'm not trying to compare totally here now, but and I'm getting paid about roughly in euros. When it works up to euros, I'm getting paid about 300 euro more a week here. than I would be doing primary teaching. Same primary teaching. Yeah. So you could see the draw, you could see the pull. You know, um, and I love Ireland. I absolutely love Ireland. Like, I will definitely, I don't think I'll live here. I absolutely love the country and stuff, but like, I don't like even, and everybody's kind of saying the same thing here. Like, and there's no, like, we all want to, I don't think anybody wants to actually, everybody's coming over here temporarily. And everybody's like, I want to move home eventually, but I'm going to wait till things get better. That's what everybody, I kind of keep hearing. That. I'm going to wait till kind of things shape up. And, you know, you can kind of, things are easier for us and it's easier to get a house and it's easier to kind of, pay get affordable rent where like we'd all do like, the base the baseline most people go with like my friends go with like is the rent per month more than your wage per week and at the moment it's very very difficult to find an apartment where for example if you're making 670 700 euro a week if the accommodation or if your rent is 800 900 euro a month it's going to be tight yeah you know so you're yeah. looking for something like 
four or five hundred a month and just forget about it if you're going to a city forget about it like you're not going to unless you're like like I, I'm following you on Twitter and stuff and some of the screenshots you put up of the daft.e rooms it was like a, it's like a kitchen and a bathroom and a sitting room in one it's like a size like half the size of my room here and it's going for like whatever like 800 or 900 euro a month that's for like one room like it's, it's like you know it's just if you sat down like when you sit down and think about what's happening it's just not very there's very little hope which that's that's the main problem the hope is the thing and kind of the, i think we're all waiting over here and the way we're talking we're waiting for something miraculous to happen at home and some big measure to come in or something to change miraculously and like i don't really see it happening in the near near future like hopefully it happened because I think it has to because as I said next thing school to start sending kids home I think that's when they'll really have to do something about it but until then yeah. I think yeah. we, we, we won't be booking any flights <laughs> yeah and, and it's it's incredible because I, I you know talk about this and think about it and you know it's it's research and it's you know what I've been campaigning around and a point I was making in you know when I was writing about it and thinking about it for the book uh, Gaffs and Emigration mm. and you know, thinking about emigration and its sig- historical significance in Ireland um, and the impact of it. And it, I always was struck by Michael Noonan, and you probably won't remember this, um, during the uh, crash, when, austeri- when the financial crash happened and there was a whole wave of almost a quarter of a million young people left and between kind of 2009 and 2014 and 15. And I remember him saying at the time, oh, sure, you know, young people are just going for um, the experience abroad and sure, my children. Yeah. And I just remember looking at him going, you know, like this is the problem, you know, when, and I think in part it's politics in part it's ideology like as in, you know, they don't value people and it's all about, you know, keeping the economy going regardless or so-called economy. Um, but also it's, it's um, I think, a disconnect from, I, I'd go to it psychologically, like in terms of it's a disconnect from the emotional impact of emigration and loss. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's just like, this is, you know, this does affect us. This is, you know, sad. This is, we should be upset. Not just going, Asher, it is grand, like, you know, sure they'll we'll see them at some point, you know. And, you know, Ireland has always just accepted this wave of emigration. And and I even heard, you know, Brendan O'Connor was on RTE talking about it as well, saying, you know, Asher, we all emigrated, you know, everyone emigrated. And you're going It's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Well, not necessarily. And you know, what what do you feel about that like this? A hundred percent. Like it's it's scary. Like none of us even had to none of us even had to think twice about this decision to go to Australia. Like none of us even I don't know anybody who like thought, had to sit in it for two weeks or had to think about it for a month. Mm. It's kinda of like I'll go on some mess who's going, who wants to go? Yeah. Do you know? And it was kinda of like and that's what kinda of like I'm talking to like the Australians here and I work with the Australians I play I started playing Australian football and stuff and they're kind of like, gee, it's a huge move. I said, and he goes, and he goes, and he goes to me, well, look, I think, you know, there's always been Irish coming to Australia. And he goes, so, like, I'm like, well, that, like, just because it's always been happening doesn't mean that it's okay. I guess there are people, and that's kind of, even like, um, that's where kind of the Michael Noonan quote came from. And even, like, the old, like, you know, people just think, oh, well, Irish people always integrated. Mm. And now, just the new wave is going to Australia. And the new wave aren't maybe 
laborers or block layers or whatever, you know, kind of, yeah, kind of construction workers. It's teachers now and a lot of, a load of medical students over here, doctors and nurses, filled with doctors, Irish doctors and nurses. Um, because the quality of work over here is much, much better at home from what they tell me. I'm not sure I'm not a doctor or a nurse, but um, it's very popular over here. Uh, Irish nurses and doctors coming to Australia, um, teachers, control, and now, now everything, every school's every walk of life is coming um, here. When before, again, I'm not sure, but but it's all from my, what my parents tell me and what, from what I hear is kind of a lot of people immigrating maybe during the 70s or 80s, a lot of them maybe were trades, trades men or people maybe didn't do the leaving service of that generally. I'm not sure, but I was near at the time. But it's, well, it was because it's of like unemployment as well, huge unemployment yeah. here. And, yeah. you know, as I say, this is the first generation that are emigrating, not because of lack of jobs, but because of a lack of yeah. housing, a lack of homes and a lack of prospect of yeah. getting a home of their own. That's actually a very good point. I, actually, I never looked at that way. I think people are just brandishing immigration with immigration. It's all the same. We all do this. My grandparents yeah. do this. My parents do this. But it doesn't mean it's okay. And also, that's a very good point that, you know, in the 70s or 80s or whatever, when you know, my parents were that age, people were immigrating because there was no work in Ireland. And now there's there's jobs that can be filled. Yeah. Like, literally, like, and like teaching jobs, like, you know, it's crazy because, like, I know for a fact, like, so 30 years ago, people turned, were turning down full-time teaching jobs. You'd be branded as mad. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> how, like, do you know, yeah. it's cr- full-time teaching jobs. Like, you know, full, this is your holidays, paying for all the benefits. Yeah. Permanent. And yeah. there's no one to fill them. Yeah. There's well, no actually, I know that that is an issue that some of the contracts aren't permanent. That's part of an issue yeah. as well, I think, particularly at second level, but also primary it's, level it's Secondary well. level, particularly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The primary is a bit more straightforward. But. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's... it's um. I think the the other aspect I was kind of trying to tease out there a little bit is, do you think about the emotional impact in terms of like your parents sure, yeah. and, you know, that kind of sense of loss? And obviously, at, you know, at your age is a certain amount of, you know, OK, that, that is, you know, normally you leave and you go off. But when you think about there is still a loss there of to your community. And I remember that during the um, and I actually saw it in the news recently Um or somewhere, some article from a local paper, that this thing of, you know, GA teams not being able to field teams, uh, GA yeah. clubs not being able to field teams because parishes were essentially, this happened during the austerity and the financial crash. And um, that there is a loss, there's a loss to community, a loss to families, and that, that you know, there's not enough acceptance that this is hard and this has an emotional impact on us. Huge. I think, like, I know for a fact, most parents hate the word Australia. Yeah. Anywhere but Australia. It's so far away. You see, like, everybody seems to enjoy it. I get to hear a negative word really about this. The only thing is the emotion of people feeling homesick and wanting to go home. And it's having, it has, it has a huge emotional effect. Like, the thing is, and I know if something happens at home, it's so hard to, like, something, something sad happens or something bad or someone, you know, a relation dies or whatever. It's so hard to handle that if you're 11 hours away in a different time zone. And yeah. there's no talk of going home for the funeral. There's, you can't, like, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, wouldn't, like, unless it's someone very close, most people don't do it. And, like, yeah, like, I, I know my parents don't want me saying this, but I've never seen them so emotional as leaving. And I think they're kind of, I think that's, I, I'm not sure because I was kind of talking about that because I was kind of following this trend in the last year and 
from being on the ground in Dublin and from working in school that kind of knew what was coming on the road. But I don't think that people at home and Galway and stuff really knew the full extent of it. You hear Dublin is, oh, it's impossible to find a house in Dublin. Oh, it's just no, but they don't actually know what it's actually like to queue in lines that are like half a kilometer long yeah. to get a viewing. Or like a landlord literally, some landlord literally blocking your number because they're outdated with phone calls and texts. Do you know, like this yeah. is actually what's happening. The story, you hear them on the news, but you don't really realize how actually like you're like I'm offering you like you you go around oftentimes you offer extra rent they might be asking for for example four thousand a month for a four bedroom or whatever and you go listen I'll give you four or five a month yeah or like I'll pay yeah. I, I'll pay two months up front for you and they're like no like we already got person some we already got someone paying three months up front you know the competition is nuts like and this is the thing like, like you see these pictures on Twitter and stuff about like these long queues at the door for viewing and the crazy prices but until you're actually standing in the line, until you're actually trying to do it, it's it's kind of like Jesus, it's, it's crazy, and it's, it's that stress for us as well as twenty five year olds. We like we a lot of the time you might get the job, a job on starting first September, and you might hear in mid August so you have two weeks to find a house, and yeah. panic then trying to find a house, you look know, for relations to stay with whatever, and that that's how bad that was. We had to move home, and then the whole emotion of moving to Australia, like. It's so far away, and you don't really realize until something happens. Mm. And like, you might go, you like, you might go. Most people go maybe a year and a half, two years without seeing their parents or seeing their family, which is the longest time they'll probably ever go in their lives. You know, and yeah. for the majority, no, like, or the longest time they ever went. Yeah, no, and I have a, you know, Derek. My brother lives in Australia. You know, so okay. I, you know, I know this and, um, directly, and the sense of, you know, I miss him. You know, yeah. I miss him lots, and he's been there now. You know, gone probably whatever he is. Jeez, I don't know how long he's gone. Long. And when's the last time you seen him? I actually saw him at Christmas time, but prior mm. to that, it was four years since I'd seen him. And yeah, you know that's a long, long time, and I'd be close <laughs> to him so long. You know, um, you know, and our mother is is old, and you go like, is the next time he comes home, is it going to be? You know, yeah. for her funeral, will he get to see her again? You know, and and you just go, it's yeah. And I suppose that's why it's close to my heart, you know, and that you know, feeling it, and I get so angry when I see this dismissing of it as if oh, sure, it's nothing, you know. And you go, well, fuck you, <laughs> it's not nothing, hundred percent. No, it's you know, not. and we shouldn't accept it as nothing. Yeah, and like even my generation now, people are mentioning that with their grandparents. You yeah. know, and like eye grandparents, well, you kind of they don't have to say anything, but you see it in their eyes, they're kind of looking at you like this might be the last time I look at you. Yeah, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't, it's not what it's not they say. You kind of see the kind of it's like a shine in their eyes or a kind of like a glint, you're like why are you looking at me weird? Kind of, and you're thinking, well, they're actually kind of eyeing me up, like taking a mental image. Yeah, because they're thinking to themselves, this might be the last time I'll see this person. Yeah, and you're like, and you walk away, you're like, oh, fuck, what just happened there? Yeah, is that is that what happened there? Yeah. Jeez, that is what happened. And you're kind of saying, oh my God. So that's the way they're thinking. And it doesn't hit you like, I was all excited about leaving. And obviously, and then I see my grandmother and she was kind of, you could see the way she looked at me. It was kind of like, she held me kind of like, felt me. And you're kind of saying to yourself, she's feeling me here. She's actually yeah. saying, this is what he feels like or whatever. And you're like, mm. oh my God, that's what she's thinking. Then it hit me. I was like, Jesus, I should be eyeing her up and thinking, do you know? And that thing, you're like, it's a roller coaster of emotions. Mm. And this is, 
you're getting the flight in 12 hours you're like oh my god what's your head's kind of starts to explode like yeah. you know i'm sure every like everybody i thought i came over like lads did you all kind of get a bit of a shock when you're leaving I'm like well, that's just me and they're like no no like don't you know that's kind of happened to all of us like you know you know like Jesus, yeah, like, I wasn't expecting that at all. I never, I never thought about. It. I was so naive, I suppose, that you know, I never realized the extent of what was happening. And then when it happened, I was kind of taken. I was shocked for an hour or two, being like, "What just happened there?" Like, kind of, I was thinking, "What?" Mm. You know, and all the lads were doing the same thing, and they were all. And I was like, "Why did you fucking tell me that this was going to happen?" Like, they went two for me. You know, give me a bit of a heads up here. Like, I wasn't ready for that at all. You know, but that's yeah. what I kind of thought about it. And I was like. Jeez, I was getting the gold bus to Dublin, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude, this is actually pretty big." And it's not like America; like you, you don't go home to visit for unless you make it big because the, the price of the flight is huge, obviously. Like, yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. Um, and like with the time difference and jet lag and everything, you'd be like, if you're going home, you want to go home for a month or you know, a couple of weeks to make it worthwhile. So it doesn't really happen. And yeah, you know, as you said, the whole thing with your brother and your mother—that's. They're very similar now it's my generation is probably oh, a few of course the few parents maybe who are ill or who might be have health problems now i'm looking up that's not my parents but my grandparents definitely i'm sure it's a lot of irish over here in my age that their grandparents they might feel, feel the same way or they might think that's the last time I'll, and their grandparents are feeling the same way so that's how many families have gone through this in the last year like do you know yeah how many yeah. Do you know how many families and that's the question like and and it's not talked about. And I was no, struck there by I was struck there by what you know you saying talking to the lads, and it's great that the lads are talking about that because twenty years ago, as lads, we wouldn't have talked about that. Oh. <laughs> you know? It would have been what? Yeah. What shit are you talking? Would you shut up? Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that? me. That wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, I just had a few more points, and it was grand. Um, the, yeah. you know? <laughs> but. Uh, no, that's good. You know, it's good. But they didn't give you a heads up on it. No, I was like, thanks a million. Like, you know, yeah. I, thought, I thought, like, am I being the emotional wreck here? Like, am I being soft boy? Like, I was like, Jesus. Yeah. They were like, no, we all, you know, with their parents and everything, we all kind of like, felt the same. Because the thing is, like, and the way the way they put it and we're talking about it, and the way they said it, if someone, if you were in America or England, and said, listen, this person, X, Y, Z is sick. Yeah. I said, you know, it doesn't look good, but you know, it's okay. Like, it should be all right. Yeah. You might just go home just in case. But Australia, you're not going to go home if it's, just, if it's kind of, you're only going to go home really if it's a funeral. And that's, yeah. so you're only going to go home if it's a funeral or if it's like very, very bad. Yeah. And like, oftentimes these things, they can happen very quickly. They'll be okay and stable for a day and tomorrow they're, oh, please God, it won't happen. Now. See, I'm getting very, but that's the thing, Rory. It's, there's a big possibility of this happening. And it's going to happen to a number of people out here. It is. You know? Yeah, and I'm not obviously not trying to think about it because it's not a good mindset to have, but it's going to happen to a number of people out here. Yeah, yeah, as because they can't find a house in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, and the emotional toll that takes, and imagine the emotional toll it takes if, if it's like someone very close to them, and they haven't seen them for two years, and they're going home to the funeral. Imagine that how hard that would be to take. The last time I seen them was two and a half years ago when I was leaving them at their Bethlehem airport or whatever. Like. Because they were forced to emigrate because they couldn't because see the future they, where they could have housing in Ireland. Yeah. And it's those kind of personal stories that grab people, but they're not being told. The person, I don't, I don't know. Like, no, like this is, and he mentioned the Michael Noonan quote again. Like, no one mentioned, no one mentioned, no one's taking that, this side of it, the emotional side of it. They're all saying, because it, it's easier to say, oh, we're Irish, we immigrate. Yeah. And you made a great point. I listened to your podcast with um, Blind Boy, and you made a point, you made a comparison with, 
like you know, countries, countries, uh, countries, you know, they, the cattle leave and they, they, they export, export food and stuff. And yeah. People in Ireland, you know. Yeah. We export. Ireland, like we all, we export, ex, export, that's where I'm looking for, sorry. Yeah. Export people, like, and yeah. so you can, oh, it's great. Do you want the song? What's called, what's the song? You're never too far from an Irish pub or whatever it's called, or what the, I don't know what the fuck's called. But like, yeah, you should be you should be fucking far from an Irish pub in certain places. You shouldn't be close to one the whole time. Like, it's you know, seriously, like it's not. Yeah. You shouldn't be Irish pubs everywhere. Like, yeah, exactly. It's kind of and, and of course the big thing, and uh, you know, listening to you as well is is you know where does change come from and how do countries change? And of course, when they're they're youth and they're the people who have energy and who want to change things feel they don't have a future and they leave, then that change never yeah. happens. And no, you know, and that's and it's, it's funny. I was talking to my friend as well. Like, I suppose I've never been so passionate about domestic issues like this. Yeah, now, where am I in Australia? Where I can't do fuck all. I can't vote. <laughs> I can do anything. Like, you know, like it's yeah. it's ironic. Like, but it's, it's kind of it's probably the case most times. Like, when you want change, the people that the people that want change aren't happy. So you're when you're not happy, you leave. Yeah, so then really is change ever gonna you know, you'd wonder that's, that's you'd wonder where is it going to come from or how is it going to, you know, like all I can do is try to convince my parents to, to do something on my, on my behalf. Yeah, well, that's something. That's home. something, you know. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to, I meant to say, like, even speaking on this is great, you know, because it's been interesting um, that I suppose the part of, you know, you say is, you know, things aren't covered, but also people find it hard to speak about this. You know, the senses mm. of, you know, oh, I had to leave because, you know, I couldn't get housing. Is that something about me? Is there a stigma? Is, you know, we don't like giving out about things or, it's, you know, on, in media or whatever. We give out loads in, in, to each yeah. other about stuff. But people don't like raising their head above the parapet. They don't like speaking out. And so, you know, I was like, OK, well, what, you know, you just can't. I just put out a call. You contacted me like, what made you go? OK, I will. Actually, I don't give a crap on who hears me or, you know. I feel it's important. I feel I have to do something because there's no point me complaining and bitching about this, that, and the other. And then exactly when you put something up or you make a call, I'm like, oh, actually, no. I don't, I'm, I, I care, but oh, I'm not willing to myself. You have to, like, I think if you want change, you have to do these kind of things. Now, this isn't like, I don't know, like something along these lines, like the, the protest that was held. Yeah. Like, show up, like, just show up. Like, you don't have to even shout, just walk. Yeah. You know, because it's not because they won't listen. Because like history tells us that nothing will happen unless mass crowds, unless the government or someone feels under pressure. Yeah. And they only feel under pressure when they see a massive number turn out or they see a massive number complained and they're like, oh crack, we're going to lose votes here or we're yeah. going to lose a few seats in the doll here or whatever it may be. Then they say, okay, we actually have to do something. Do you know? Because if it's small number, and then like, I think there's a lot of that. Look, I think there's a lot of that in most places, but. I find Ireland especially kind of it's like kind of where we don't want to shake the tree too much. Yeah. And like we care. I care in this I care in the kitchen bringing a cup of tea with my friends. But you know, if I was out and do I care enough to go into Galway City or wherever it is to walk with a picket for an hour? No, not really. I wouldn't be like that because you know, we don't want to cause any trouble. We don't want to be like we're not like I think people look at protests as like almost trying to start a riot or start a kind of it's, it's they see it as a form of regression when it's not like every country protests except really like and you've seen what happened with when numbers come behind something like you've seen it with that uh with the marriage equality vote like yeah. when numbers came behind that it was just a whitewash like no one like 
you've seen support and it just the whole thing opened up and then they got what they wanted because everyone got behind it and they voted and they just went for it like I feel that should be a blueprint for this as well and it's interesting um, because the thing about that's different now as well is with social media that you do have a power and an influence in Ireland in a way that yeah. didn't exist before you know yeah. individuals like you yeah. do have a an ability to influence and to be active mm. in a way that didn't exist before. And that's an interesting change. Like even in 2014, when that generation had to emigrate between 2009, social media wasn't like it is today no. in terms of like Instagram, Twitter, um, you know, even TikTok or whatever. Um, so there's a real potential there, I think, for, you know, young people, um, young Irish who have been forced to emigrate to actually, mm. you know, raise their voices, share their stories, um, what do you think? Yeah. You know, what what can you know speak out? Come on podcasts like this and yeah, you know, say yeah. Well, I think this is it should be different, and it must be, and we it's... want to come back. So sort out the fucking housing crisis. Hundred <laughs> percent. But do you know what? And I found myself thinking this way, Rory. And I kind of, I kind of had to catch myself. Like I was on my granddad before I left when he immigrated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he he was fifteen, and like he only had one pair of shoes, and she went over, and you know this kind of horror story obviously yeah. like yeah and you're kind of thinking to yourself okay geez my story isn't that bad you know you're kind of, you call it you kind of you're justifying then what's happening yeah i think there's a lot of that that's kind of like just like i know that's like, not too bad generation. things aren't too bad yeah come on like come on we had yeah. nothing going over we had to go over because we had to send money home yeah do you know or you're like thinking oh, yeah okay, that's a good point but like just because they did it like it still doesn't make this okay and i i, I kind of have to keep reminding myself uh, yeah you know, when I sometimes do talk up wherever in a situation or whatever, someone goes to me, I say, well, fuck it. Like you went on a holiday last year to somewhere or you went to a Liverpool game there and you're yeah. complaining. Do you know, yeah. I, when I was young, lad, I barely went to Pier Stadium or barely went to, you're like, I said, yes, you know, you're right. Do you know, whatever. Like you're, you're just, you're, then you're like, oh, fuck, I should better shut up. Because I sound like a yeah. spoiled brat. Like, you yeah. know, I but then you're kind of looking, then you're like, fuck, I'm not a spoiled brat. This is a joke. Like, this is crazy yeah. what's happening. And uh, yeah. like, everybody's coming over and like my whole friend groups come over and there are more and more people from my area coming over and you know like look, like look what's happening now like let's not compare but okay obviously things were terrible back then and no one's saying they weren't and how hard things were but also ireland is a much better country than it was then it's much more economically but you just think or what they say is that they're much more developed and all this kind of story yeah, it so is, it is. they should have a way better system for housing especially like for Especially, like, I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm hearing so many things as well. There's so much, it's almost kind of like when it comes up in this debate on TV, it's almost like informational overload. Like, you yeah. know, like these, you know, vulture funds and, you know, these big landlords, and they're all like, it's kind of like, okay, can you just simplify it down for a second? Because I'm, I want to understand, but they kind of it feels like a shouting match at each other. Yeah. And it's only when I read it, I read, I read a bit of your book called Gas, actually, and I read um, Darren McGarry's book, Poverty Safari. Um, and I kind of looked at it, kind of why it was happening, and differently than I looked, and I started following people on Twitter and listened to listen to a few of your podcasts, and I listened to different shows where people discussed and explained it in plain English and explained why it was wrong. Mm. Do you know? And then I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And even you made a point on another podcast, I think, was about the college students and about the difference in the experience that university is when you live at home with your parents and you live away from home yeah and i lived away from home and i talked to a few of my friends lived at, lived at home their parents and like, the experience is oceans apart yeah like yeah 
do you know you're still being i think you used the word in, infant infantilized. infantilized infantilized yeah and i was like oh my god that's exactly what was even was happening to me i was at home in the summertime and i was out and i began to text like you know caring enough what time will be home will i leave the door open will i leave the light on will i leave the kiosk or whatever i'm like yeah this is crazy i'm trying to I, I, you know what? Like, I, I totally understand why they're doing that you know, yeah 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 but Suddenly you're back to like you're you're 15 yeah. or 16 again and Yeah, I don't want to get I don't want to be too drunk coming home. Do you know? Yeah. And it's kinda of like fuck this. And don't, don't bring know, anyone home. Don't bring anyone home, obviously. So that's it's it's totally like it's changed, it's 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 changing our experiences and it's kind of yeah. and it's normalized. And that's the yeah. big thing I find out. It's totally normalized to live at yeah. home with your parents here, mid late twenties. Like that's yeah. totally normal now. Well, well, the, the statistics um, show that. Like you know, that we've three yeah. quarters of young people under thirty are living at home with their parents. That actually, it's like, yeah. you know, it has become. And and <laughs> I had a great chat to, uh, um, to really interesting people from Waterford, um, and in the podcast recently, and uh, it was just fascinating just the the stories they were experiencing Two two young women who were talking about their experience and we were saying like it's it's so different now because it's not so different that this thing of living at home it's not like in italy or spain where it's normalized you know it's normalized mm. as in it's happened for generations and people bring their partners home and they you know they they basically live together and it's you know it's not whereas here we still have the holy water brigade you know who you can't yeah. bring someone home or you'll be literally like they'll be down to the priest going oh my god my child brought another, someone else home last night we need to like get you know an exorcism in the house you know because oh. they they probably fornicated you know without but like they, <laughs> there is still people who you yeah. know who have to live in that like that there's the culture hasn't changed while the reality for young people has changed mm-hmm. and that, like of course like and you know like you have to like at the end of the day like you know, you have to respect the rules of the person who like you can't be doing it right. You still have to go by if you're in someone's house, like if I went to your house, I you told me, listen, do you mind taking off your shoes at the door? Yeah. I just do it because it's yeah. your house. And it's the same yeah. with your parents. It's, you know, if your parents told me, listen, when you go out, when you come home at night, I want you to lock the door and turn off the light or whatever. You kind of yeah. just do because it's their house, yeah. it's their rules, fair enough. And that's totally fair. You but that's not right when you're in your mid twenties. I should be allowed to you know do what I want or everybody in their tw- mid-twenties should be able to do and live in their own space and cook their own food and wash up their own dishes and wash their own clothes. Yeah. Adult, Become an independent adult. Adult things. Adult things. Yeah. Adult things. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, yeah, well, listen, Dara. I, I really, um, we could we could chat on this all day, and uh, it would be great, great to get you back. And you must find some others down in Australia and get them organised. Um, and start uh, making noise on social media, and going, yeah. you know what, things need to be sorted. We want to come back, and uh, yeah. you know, and, and highlight because it is a loss. It's a loss to our country, and and that's you see the government. Don't, that's the other side of the Michael Noonan thing that the government also don't want to acknowledge that it that their policies are causing this loss. That's why they want to downplay it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, listen, it was great to have you on, and uh, I said it was lovely to have you back. And um, thanks a million for taking the time and coming on and having the chat. No problem, no problem. You're mean to Thank you very much. So, Falch Road, we'll uh, yeah, we'll talk again. And um, if people want to check you out, you're on Twitter. You have yeah, a Twitter I'm handle. On Twitter. Yeah, uh, 
So I don't even know my Twitter handle. At Darren Mac or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. At Darren Mac G, yeah. At Darren Mac G. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so that was great. A really interesting and a really, uh, really enjoyed the chat. Um, and I think that there's a lot in it and a lot I was thinking about during it that, you know, things we need to talk about and talk about more. So uh, I, I think the listeners would have got a lot out of that. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. As always, if you can become a patron, we are an independent podcast. Uh, rely on our listeners to keep the show on the road. Go over to patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. Please as well, share around the podcast if you can. Send us in comments um, and let us know what you think. Share it around to your friends. And if you do want to come along, come on and tell your story uh, and talk about the issues and housing. We'd love to have you on. Let me know. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. And Dara, Gurmila Mahagut, and we'll talk to you again. Oh, Grand Bird.